Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Joyce Foistel with Boomer's Social Media Tutor. Welcome, Joyce. Oh, it's great to be on your show, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Boomer's Social Media Tutor. Um, What do you do? Who do you serve? Well, what I do is I provide LinkedIn and Facebook, but mostly LinkedIn tutoring and training primarily to people who are 55 and up, let's say the older Gen Xers and the baby boomers. I do that to folks really all over the USA. So that's who I serve and what I do for them. So how'd you get into this line of work? Eight years, no, actually 11 years ago, this very month, 2010, my manager, age 35, me back then, 61, observed that I was really darn good at getting our clients to get engaged with our brand new social media. You know, think back to 2010, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, it all more or less started to come of age. And I, believe it or not, was the best of our whole enrollment team at this particular college of getting our students engaged with that social media. And he suggested to me that I look into helping other people in my baby boomer generation to understand social media like I did, since he was pretty impressed that I could explain it well enough to get all this engagement, you know, from our students. So now, um, so then that uh, kind of was the catalyst for you starting this business? It gave me the idea. I say like, God just spoke through Brett Sandburn that day. I mean, it was like, the you know, the clouds parted and, you know, all of that. Yeah, that was really, because I didn't have any thought, what in the heck to do after retirement until Brett came up with that idea. I give him all the credit. So now once you say, okay, I'm going to be uh, the social media tutor for the boomer generation, how does that help you get that first client? Like, how did you even let all the boomers out there know that there was even a service that could help them? Really key question. Well, I ramped up behind the scenes for three years, Lee, before I sort of virtually opened my doors. I had a website and I was blogging. I had a platform, so to speak. I had a Facebook business page. I was pretty pretty established on LinkedIn, not so much Twitter at that point. And my very first big time client, get this, called me just as I was leaving my office on my way home after my last day at work. She'd found me on the internet, liked my smile, liked the look of me on my website, and that's how it just took off. And then, so when you got that client, how did you even kind of um, build the business in terms of how do I know how much to charge? How do I know what services to deliver? Like there was a lot of unknowns. So pesky, especially because I'd created this, you might call it a lifestyle business of sorts, but a very niched business as we were talking about. I came up with just something kind of out of the blue. I think it was $50 an hour, something like that. It probably wasn't nearly the right amount, whatever that would have been. But I just came up with that. And then I also came up pretty early on with a 
I call it my senior discount. <laughs> now I charge $115 an hour and 90 if you're 60 and older. So I, I kept increasing then every year, you know, about five or 10%, but I, I just kind of made it up and in then, terms of pricing. And then what about in terms of service? Like what, like, is this, they're coming in and they're saying, okay, here I'm about to, you know, maybe I was laid off and maybe now I should probably start paying attention to LinkedIn because that seems like a good place to be. And uh, so you create their LinkedIn profile for them? Actually, I'd like to back up just a tiny bit. I will occasionally create a LinkedIn profile for them, but I'll tell you what, Lee, I trained as a teacher. I want to teach this person how to do it themselves because they should be able to. It's not rocket science here. So I go through their LinkedIn profile with them. I most of my clients initially were in Denver. So I'm sitting down with them side by side, a coffee shop, their house, wherever they are. And then eventually I started using, um, you know, video conferencing sites. Sure. Right. And then Zoom really kind of became the big one to use, you know, if they were in another state, another city. And really I learned a lot by the books I read and the people that helped me in terms of what's important. A lot of this is just learned by doing. And so systematically, we'd go through their profile and then I'd walk them through the functionality of LinkedIn. What does this mean? What does that mean? What are the settings? So it just, you know, it's usually about an hour, sometimes two hours, actually often two hours, like an hour session, two of those. So then I will, though, if they said, Joyce, I'm not a good writer, I can see you are. See, what I do then is I'll interview them. I'll look at their resume. If it's a job seeker, look at their website, if they're a business owner. And I will craft together their an about section and other parts of their profile for them. So now for you, um, is the objective for you to educate them so they can have a LinkedIn that'll help whatever their outcome they desire, right? Because like you said, some of them are maybe looking for another job. Some of them are maybe starting a new consulting business or, you know, maybe they got laid off and now they're, you know, putting their shingle out. Exactly. Like I did eight years ago. Yeah, exactly. And then, so the strategy is different depending on what that outcome you desire? Um, kind of. In the sense with the job seeker, it's more short term. So you're getting them positioned to get hired. It, there are a lot of commonalities. You're still going to talk about search engine optimization language. You're still going to talk about their picture, um, their profile picture. Uh, the posting dimension isn't maybe quite as important, though, for a job seeker. You really want them to be noticed by the recruiter, by the hiring authority, but they still need to know a lot of the basic functionality of LinkedIn. Then with a business owner, you're talking more long run. You know, what's a good posting strategy? Who do you want to connect with? Who are the logical kind of power partners for you on LinkedIn? So it's more, a little bit more robust from the user standpoint. Also, you might want to flesh out your page even a little more. I mean, your profile, I should say, like down in accomplishments. You might want to even go into more specifics of different organizations you're part of and projects you've done. You know, especially if you're in a pretty crowded space, like a realtor comes to mind or a mortgage broker or for that matter, a business coach. So you need to really get yourself to stand out and have that niche be really clear. Now, what about, um, there's one thing of setting the page up so then, you know, kind of your information is out there in public. But then there's the, the other part of this is the kind of the posting and sharing information and, and engaging. Do you coach them in that area as well? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I do. I really, we talk about kinds of things they can post about the functionality, like where do you do it? I mean, sometimes it's very basic. Here's how you do it. Here's a hashtag. What does that mean? Here's the ad sign. That means mentioning someone kind of like tagging people on Facebook um, or Instagram. So I, you know, really, I showed them some posts of mine. You know, we talked what might be a good strategy for them. I will tell you straight out, I'm not really trained in marketing per se. I just have kind of good instincts around it, what's worked for me. But I, I, you know, I show them just some ideas that they could have. I suggest they look at other people too in their industry, colleagues of theirs to get ideas. Now, um, LinkedIn is uh, obviously one platform. Then there's Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, every week it seems like a new one pops up. (laughs) Um, yeah. How do you kind of manage the expectations of this if somebody's new to social media so they don't get overwhelmed with, you know, chasing the latest, you know, I got to get on Clubhouse now because oh, it was I know. in the. That's so pesky. I've got the invite myself sitting in my phone to kind of get that thing sort of squared away, at least to use it to, enough to understand it. I think I really, really get sit with them to say, okay, who sounds so basic, but who is your target audience? What kind of social sites do those people tend to use? What do you see? You know, go to your, your competitor's website. What links do you see going from their website out to their social sites? So you, you got to do some research here. Then you got to get realistic. If you can only handle one or two social sites, which is certainly true for a lot of baby boomers and people in general, Generally speaking, I would say Facebook and LinkedIn would be the two. Now, for some people, it could be Instagram based on the nature of their clientele, age group, et cetera. Maybe Facebook and Instagram, and they don't do that much with LinkedIn. And that's what you're kind of, during your your uh, coaching session with them, that's what you're trying to kind of gather is where oh. their best kind of um, pond deficient is? Yeah. And then you feel it's better to kind of go deep in one or two ponds than it is to go shallow in a bunch of ponds? That is absolutely correct. Now, uh, for you, when you get them, I guess LinkedIn is typically your first place where you uh, help them and then you move them to Facebook or Instagram or whatever the other appropriate one is. Uh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. how it typically goes. Yeah. And I might even hand them off to somebody else who's really better at Facebook and LinkedIn. I've done that just recently where I figure, you know, I can only go so far kind of intermediate level. And if they really want something more detailed, um, I have, you know, at least one partner that I can you know, refer them over to. And then if they want to, like you're doing it, kind of helping them do it themselves. If they wanted somebody to do it for them, then you have resources that can help them yeah. in that area. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the kind of the basic do's and don'ts of LinkedIn? What are some mistakes you see people making and some things that you find that I wish more people would do this? Well, that's such a good question. Let me kind of sort of, sort of, kind of sort that through in my mind. Well, let's start with the don'ts. First off, don't use a picture wearing sunglasses or a picture that's 10 years old or a picture that has your boyfriend's arm around your shoulder. I mean, seriously, I see too much of this. This is a professional business site. You should have typically a headshot, fairly recent, that represents you well. Um, Another thing is to, if you're a business owner, make sure to use that space that's behind where your profile is. So one way to say it is don't leave it empty. (laughs) Put something that brands 
yourself, your business into that space, or if you're a job seeker, maybe it's like your favorite canoeing or horses or, you know, some visual there. Then a lot of people after their last name will put like a tagline or a phone number or an email. This is actually technically against the terms of service of LinkedIn. So the last name field is for the last name and then maybe a credential if you have one, say any kind of MBA or license certification kind of credential. I would say that's another common thing. Oh, that's another one is if you're a business person, business owner, any kind of business person, um, job seeker too, for that matter, don't just let LinkedIn set up your headline, which will be your last job and who you work for, or my case, founder, boomer, social media tutor. You can get so much more creative with that headline. You have now up to 220 characters. That's quite a bit of space to get creative with. I would say another thing with the about section is um, don't let it be very cut and dried. I mean, too often, you know, LinkedIn even writes these for you. You can kind of tell the ones that are written and it's like really boring. So you want to really put your stamp on it. I'd say for a business person, especially, and even maybe a job seeker, use the first person. Make it be so interesting. By the time they're done reading it, they want to sit down and have a glass of wine or beer with you, maybe. you know, Something where you get into that I know, like, and trust gets already gets started. So those are things I think often just underutilized is very common. I think a kind of overarching thing is people will put up a LinkedIn profile, might look pretty darn good. Then they don't do a darn thing, zero. They think like it's so that people are just going to flock to them somehow. It doesn't work that way. You have to go out and ask people to connect, start commenting on their posts, um, things that are sociable, but not like weird, you know, and too creepy type of thing. Um, also, another big don't, in my opinion, is to go into politics, to go into anything controversial. It really generally doesn't fit with the LinkedIn culture. I mean, some might disagree with me, certainly. I mean, if you have a point of view, if you serve women who are go-getter business people and you can may orient toward that and post could relate to that, then perhaps then you want to brand yourself more that way. I think I would be very careful in these very polarized times, unfortunately, um, to go into too much we and they kind of thinking. Um, and yeah. and main, I guess the main thing is just to get active, you know, post, you know, once a week. Well, I know another thing, people will let their invites just stack up for weeks at a time. Maybe there's somebody important and one of those invites you've been blowing off. So um, a do would be to make sure you check on your pending invites. And for that matter, your messages. A lot of people forget all about the messages. And really, some people won't email, call, text. No, they'll just message us on LinkedIn. And you got to pay attention to that. I'll tell you, one of the don'ts for me is once you connect with someone, is trying to sell them something oh, a minute later. Reminder. Oh, Lee. Num yeah, that is way up there. And you know what? When people do that to me, Lee, depending on how they handle it, they are going to get, I will block them. I get really hard nose about this. I don't just ignore them. I don't just remove them. I guess you'd be removing them, right? If you got connected. I don't care to hear from them again. It's, yeah. it's like a no smoking rule or whatever, you know. Good point. Now, uh, you mentioned kind of posting weekly. What, what does that typically entail for one of your clients? Yeah, or it could maybe ideally be even more. So here's, a couple, here's maybe a way to have an approach. 
say they blog, let's just presume they might blog. And if they have a blog post they're already doing anyway once a week, what you wanna do is connect the URL to that blog post to your type, type, type into your LinkedIn post, maybe put a short paragraph or two to set it up or read more in my blog post. So you definitely wanna get them over to your website through a blog link like that. Um, also just come up with a, a little tip or two, like Tuesday tip and have a couple of pithy thoughts, have a visual associated with it. You'd be amazed how this little words of wisdom you drop in there, people are like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So that, that would be a way to do it. So you don't need to overthink this in terms of your repertoire of topics. To, you, know, you might work out maybe some sort of a schedule if you want to, if that helps, or some sort of compendium of possible um, bits to chat about. You know, go back and look at other things you've written about, talks you've given, your PowerPoints. I'm sure most people have a wealth of content you know, they can just extract from to put into uh, their posts. But the other thing is at least once a week, maybe a couple times a week, go and look at an influencer in your field or maybe at a good referral partner. People send you business or certainly a client and go see what they've been up to on LinkedIn. You go into the activity section of their profile, just kind of nose around in there, click on see all activities or just see their posts. And that gives you lots of material and I've done that many a time and people appreciate that. People are honored when you share, either share their stuff to your people or comment on it. Either way, the word will get out to your people. Commenting kind of is better for them. It gives their posts a little bit more energy, a little more lift. And you get like seen in front of their other people. So that's the kind of thing I think doing once or twice a week is always smart. Now, in your business, when you started this kind of second act in your career, um, of being a coach, was that, uh, can you share maybe some tips about that? Did you have any of that kind of imposter syndrome of, am I really qualified to be a coach of somebody in this area? And especially in this business realm, I came, my, you know, I, my career was in education. Like, did you have any of that or, or were you pretty confident? Oh. Yeah. On a regular basis. Well, it was more at times when I'd hang out with my uh, social sisters, as we call ourselves, the other social media ladies here in the Denver metro area, there's still an association, Colorado Women in Social Media. And sometimes at those meetings, I will tell you, Lee, I'd feel kind of inadequate because they would be so much more savvy on all kinds of nuances of social media. I'd think, well, who am I to know that? And then I think, wait a minute, Joyce, you only have to know enough to know a little bit more than the people you're helping. So I I, that's the way I would approach it. I don't have to be super, super knowledgeable in all kinds of aspects of social media. I can go to those people and ask them. I can send my client over to them as needed. So I, I do think that luckily I have a certain amount of chutzpah, confidence. I mean, I've been in Toastmasters 24 years. That alone will give you just a belief in yourself just simply by the acts of speaking and feedback to people. And, you know, I've been a local official. I was on our county board back in Wisconsin. So I guess I would say I have a spirit about me that says, you can do this, Joyce, you'll figure it out. But certainly there are times I certainly question myself and say, do I really know what I'm doing? I think we all do it some degree. So now any advice for the boomers out there who maybe because of the pandemic are facing a situation where they were laid off or they are, are kind of being forced into a new activity that they hadn't done before? 
and maybe some of them are getting into coaching like you are, and they're trying to find their way in that arena. Is there any advice you would give them, um, you know, to kind of put themselves out there and maybe help oh, their... I lean toward credentials. I think that depending on the kind of coaching you're doing, there's excellent coaching programs through the International Coaching Federation and many other different um, providers. I think that gives you um, a, a bit of heft to say, yes, I have this, these classes. I have these hours. I know what I'm doing. Um, I know what I'm talking about. I mix, I, you know, mingle with other coaches well, I think that would be a big thing to do. Seriously, it would be important. And, and then secondly, to stay in touch, be a member, go to their professional meetings, you, you know, Zoom, however you get there. So you are still always rubbing shoulders with other people in your coaching field um, because, you know, there's a skill set involved. I have a lot of respect for that. Well, Joyce, congratulations on all the success. Um, if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you, what is the website? Oh, Yeah. It's boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S, as in baby boomers. So boomers, social media, tutor, T-U-T-O-R, dot com. Like a teacher. That's what I was once upon a time. So boomers, social media, tutor, dot com. It's the easiest way. They can sign up for my newsletter. They can download my ebook on LinkedIn. And of course, you know, send me an email. Good stuff. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, Lee. It was really fun chatting with you and having you challenge me and making me think here. Appreciate you. All right. Well, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.